0: Welcome to Just Jive Pod, a podcast where we share a drink, talk about life, and just jive. My name is Jerome. And I'm Jesse,
1: and welcome back for another session. Yeah. Well, we have something special this week, don't we? But we're before we get into that, we want to talk about our beer, um, as usual, and we're finally getting back on track um, with, with actually drinking alcoholic beverages. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the the drink we're featuring this week um, is the Milkshake Orange Delicious um, by Energy City Brewing. They're mm. based out of Illinois. It's a New England style double IPA brewed with oranges, vanilla, and lactose. It is 8.5% ABV. It's in a pint can. So yeah, um, I've been drinking this for a little bit and it's... it's definitely tastes like that New Zealand style hazy and because it's a double it's very hefty and mm-hmm. um and I imagined it actually more sweet than it is um mm. but it's still super juicy and tasty
0: nice is it uh is it as heavy as some of those other like creamy hazies that we've had in the past
1: it does feel pretty heavy um uh-huh. uh, just because it is a double and it is a hazy mm. um but I think I think it does like it, it. It is a little juicier because it does have that orange and vanilla, um, and it does right, pop right. a little bit more. I would say, um, but it's pretty good. Yeah, awesome,
0: awesome. Well, listeners, hopefully you guys are enjoying something good as well this week. Um, but as Jesse alluded to, we do have something a little special uh, starting today. Um, this is going to be episode 40 or I should say session 46 and with that being the case uh, session 50 is just right around the corner know, man right around the corner um and you know Jesse and I've been brainstorming and thinking about ways we could show our appreciation as I guess hosts but also um just doing something a little special so we're we're actually going to do a uh giveaway contest uh Ooh. Probably uh a million other podcasts and shows have done it before, but you know what? We're doing We're it doing too <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so it's it's actually similar to other contests. there's just a several like rules and I guess requirements um, that we ask. A few of them only. Um, you're probably already doing this, but please, first of all, follow at just Pod on Instagram. Um, so if you follow first requirements, good. Second, um, we're, we're gonna have a image on Instagram specifically for sharing on for this um, giveaway. So share that image on your Instagram story and tag Just Jive Pod on there. You could add a little comment there. That'd be appreciated. That'd be cool. All good. But the last one actually is. Um, Hopefully exciting for listeners as well. Um, mm-hmm. Also, DM, a direct message, a question on Instagram to Just JustJivePod, um, a question that you want answered on episode 50. Um, so not only do you guys possibly win a gift, a giveaway, but you can have a question answered by us. Yeah. that doesn't mean anything, but, <laughs> <laughs> but well,
1: um, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a cool way for us to get more involved with our, our listenership.
0: Right? Exactly. Exactly. And the gift is going to be, um, a $50 Amazon gift card. That's,
1: that's pretty big, isn't it, Jesse? It, I mean, Amazon's great. 50 bucks is also great. And hopefully, you know, it's a little boost after spending all the holiday money, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, the way we're going to choose a winner, um, we're going to be tracking the uh, Instagram page, essentially kind of tallying up um, who has those requirements. And I think we're literally going to, I'm going to like put notes in a hat or something and (laughs) basically randomly draw somebody out and then we're going to announce the winner as well as answer those questions on mm-hmm. episode 50. Um, the deadline um, is going to be on February um, 11th. It's a week before our uh, 50th episode being released. So we're probably going to record that week. So yeah, just, you know, if you want to win and if you, or if you want to have your question read, Please submit, and uh, we, as both Jesse and I would firmly agree, I really Mm -hmm. appreciate it, and um, just want to show some love to the fans. Yeah, definitely.
1: Anyways, what are we talking about this week?
0: We're actually kicking off uh, a three-part... Parter? (laughs) Three-part series. Yeah. Um, We don't really know what it's called yet, to be honest. Um, You (laughs) might have noticed at this point that the title might have some special category but um it's it's going to be really related to um kind of the the journey of asian americans um young asian americans and around (laughs) at this point entering into their careers Mm -hmm. working in their careers um the three topics we want to cover uh is actually first today is um immigrant parents Mm. um Something that I've been thinking about a lot, we've been, Jesse and I have talked a lot about over the years of kind of, you know, us as, you know, people, uh, kids who are born here Mm -hmm. or maybe born in Asia, but came here really young and living in this kind of duality of Asian American society where your parents are not totally in the same boat as you growing up. So, um that that's kind of a a huge thing that we want to talk about today and discuss second one uh is kind of a departure from that which is actually leaving and going to college and how in a way that kind of shakes up the immigrant parent life you're you're finally free Mm -hmm. as a kid right and then Mm -hmm. kind of the experience of seeing things outside of your just your world and then being able to kind of expand from there and and lastly, we're going to have a special guest um, just talking about how how to view career, um, what career means, and what, you know, the importance of, you know, taking your career seriously, but at the same time being very, um, I guess, not too stressed out about it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so right. I
1: think it's going to be a good one. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, um, it for a lot of our listeners who have been tracking with us, like, this is, I guess, the first example of how we're trying to, you know, uh, expand and um, not necessarily diversify, but like maybe just get, you know, get get a little bit more specific, actually, um, and, right. and spend a little bit more time on um, a certain idea or, um, yeah. So that's what you know. That's what this series or whatever we're gonna call it um, yeah. after the after the fact. Um, yeah, that's what this this um, three part segment is going to be about, you know.
0: Yeah, so I guess to start off, um, Jesse, what are what is your parents' background? Um, when did they come to America, and how
1: old did they come, and, and so on, and so forth. Yeah, so you know, um, I think this is a, this is a great question to start because a lot of people are like, "Oh, so where are you from?" Right. Uh, yeah. That's. I mean, that's the. Or, or, origin of why we kind of want to talk about this um so again i was born here in the states i was born in um in southern california Uh, but my parents were both immigrants Uh, my dad was from mainland china and my mom was from hong kong Um, and my mom's family they they immigrated when my mom and her siblings were in their teens i think she was Mm. 14 or 15 or something like that um, when she immigrated over here and then my dad immigrated when he um was about um like mid thirties um so mm. they're they're pretty close in they so two years apart um, but he he immigrated in the mid thirties to marry my mom so mm. yeah um yeah, what about you? Um, I was not born here.
0: Uh, I was born in Taiwan and mm. lived in Japan for my my first three years of life um And so, but my, my mom was originally born and raised in Taiwan. Mm. My dad actually was born and raised in India. Uh, Actually, Jesse, I don't know
1: if you knew that. Uh, (laughs) I don't think I, I don't think I knew that before.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So there were uh, Chinese immigrants in India for a a, a couple generations. And so, yeah, my dad was born there. Uh, I think both of them you know went through primary school all the way to high school mm. and my mom actually went to Japan to uh study uh i, th- I think undergrad and postgrad mm. my dad went to Taiwan from from India to Taiwan to study um uh in college and then went to Japan to work, which is where they met, and then, you know, so on and so forth, right? Hmm. So, yeah, and I and they came when they were in their mid-30s, 35 and 36-ish. Okay. Um, so when I came here, I was three years old um, to sunny mm-hmm. California in Thousand Oaks, California. Of right? course, of
1: course. Yeah, so, interesting. Do you still, so are you technically a tool? dual citizen then
0: it's definitely complicated um (laughs) okay because at at, at least with taiwan they're you're they're a democracy and they're they're not like way different than america in most senses right but um i think i think u.s does recognize dual citizenship Mm. i want to say taiwan does as well but it gets tricky because uh Taiwan technically has like the um you have to join the military right. thing <laughs> so it's actually kind of funny um one time I was back in Taiwan for like a whole summer like two or 3 months something mm-hmm. pretty long and I think it was because of how long I had to stay there for studying Chinese and stuff mm-hmm. I ended up um using my Taiwanese passport because of just logistics and right. ease right and it's so funny. Like, after I left, apparently some government person worker called my grandma, and was like, "Hey, we noticed this guy's here. How come he's not in the military?" Yeah. And I think it kind of like freaked me out. I was like, "Oh man, like, like uh, this is uh, <laughs> this is not good." Um, and I'm not. I'm, I'm yeah. Don't find me. <laughs> yeah. No. I- exactly. So. So I think ever since then, we're just like, no, we're just, I'm just going to use my American passport, you know, like just stick with that. So, um, I yeah. guess sort of dual citizenship, but I, I tend to just say I'm U.S. citizen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I got a question for you. Um, yeah. so, cause for my parents, they both came like at the same time, relatively the same age. Uh, you're, you said your mom came like in the, her teens, right? Mm-hmm and your dad like way later uh yeah like can you tell a big difference in how i guess their cultural personality is between um your dad and your
1: mom um i mean honestly not really um, so mm. my mom is um is pretty timid um she's pretty shy and mm. i think her family was still pretty easternized. Um, oh, gotcha. It's interesting because, honestly, my mom's siblings, I could tell the difference a lot more. But my oh. mom, I like, may, or maybe it's because, um, you know, she married my dad, but, like, I don't really, I can't really tell, a like, cultural difference. Um, I mean, the, right. the most notable thing is she's working as a clerk in a law office, um, you know, like, uh, a fairly, I guess normal white collar job or um i don't know yeah uh, but yeah i, I can't I, I can't say I, I can tell any differences but for sure um my mom's siblings especially um since they uh yeah all, all their like uh, all their families um are a lot more westernized than yeah than my my family um so mm. yeah that's a that's an interesting thing though
0: i, I knew a couple guys like that, like, back in high school where they uh, came when they're pretty dang young. Um, Mm. Like, well, not young as in, like, a a really small kid young, but more, like, young in their uh, high school years, especially, like, 10 through 15 maybe. Mm. And it's interesting. Like, they at least for a lot of the friends I knew, like they ended up embracing the American culture and like kind of just went full steam into it. Mm -hmm. And you know, like I really feel like it has to do with a different cultural climate in America or California. Right. Like Mm -hmm. nowadays you're accepted to be um, like Asian, like Asian Americans are probably a lot more. There's a lot more of them now. And Yeah I don't know Maybe back then it's like You're either excluded Or you're like completely Trying to be as white as possible Or something, right?
1: Yeah, or as non-Asian as possible
0: Yeah, yeah Did they um, move to The San Gabriel area immediately uh, Like upon immigration?
1: No, so um, My parents actually Were in Chinatown uh, For... Mm. At least a couple of years um yeah they they were there for a few years because I know um like they had lived there I had never lived in the house that they lived in um mm-hmm. in Chinatown I think they had by that point we had uh, we' they were already in alhambra um right but it's interesting because I think especially for when my dad came over um Chinatown was a huge gateway for a lot of, um, especially Chinese Americans. Um, it was like mm-hmm. where a lot of people kind of started off and then they moved eastward, you know, <laughs> they moved mm-hmm. eastward into Sangua Valley or just further out. But, um, my, yeah, my, cause my grandparents had, they owned a property in um, where they, yeah, they had a property in Chinatown and yeah. So I, I only know of, um, San Gabriel Valley, um, from going up there, but, Mm -hmm. uh, my parents had spent some time in Chinatown. Mm. So, um, Mm. but you, for you, your parents moved directly to Thousand Oaks, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, they did. And that was very interesting. Um, I know.
1: I'm, I'm curious why they chose Thousand Oaks.
0: Yeah. So, um, It was because I already had family there. Uh, My Uh, aunt was living there, and my dad ended up uh, getting a job around there, too. So it ended up just working out. But what didn't work out too well was, like, uh, my dad could speak English um, pretty well, really quite well, actually. So he was able to get along with business and things fine, but my mom Mm -hmm. really didn't know any English at all. And even to today's, like... Not super, uh, you know, conversational. Um, mm-hmm. So Thousand Oaks is like... At that time, there were not a lot of Chinese people at all, right? right. So it was definitely a struggle for, you know, my parents, I'm sure. Um, especially mm-hmm. for my mom. Like, moving away from somewhere where you were super comfortable to to a place where you are a complete foreigner. And mm-hmm. you feel like you couldn't be understood. Which i felt at times but i can't imagine what it's like if if you were like truly an immigrant in your late like
1: mid to late 30s right mm-hmm. right yeah i mean that's yeah that's an interesting challenge it, and it's it was a challenge for my dad too um, when he mm. was trying to find work um yeah and he picked up a lot of like small gigs um well not small gigs but he ended up working like one of those like Entry level jobs, um, supermarkets or convenience stores or things like that. And um, he ended up finding a place. um, And again, his English was like passable, um, but not, you know, um, not like proficient for sure.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you think um, for you growing up with your your parents who were immigrants in San Gabriel Valley being more. accommodating is like kind of short selling it for uh, Mm -hmm. Chinese people and Asians but do you think living in that environment helped you kind of helped your entire family like get by I guess
1: um I guess so um well like it's interesting because my school is pretty diverse uh well ish Uh, um uh, at least the one I grew up in um but yeah, I, I think the area was a lot more conducive to um, being being Asian just because it was already like but by, by that point, you know um, yeah a lot yeah. of a lot of Sanguva Valley had was starting to um, become really Chinese, so mm-hmm. you know there were a lot of, like Chinese restaurants, a lot of Chinese supermarkets and things like that, so it was a a lot less of a shock to to be there um, but mm-hmm. yeah, um so I think it definitely did help, but I mean, I, I couldn't really tell, um, too much. Yeah. Mm. And I know we, had, we had talked about this briefly in another session, but like, um, growing up and, and like, you know, we're, we're trying to track with our, our parents, right? Like, um, and their, yeah. their origin story and our origin <laughs> story in light of that. Right. Yeah. Um, and we had talked a little bit about, you know, our own personal feelings of, of growing up, but, um, you know, just for listeners who maybe did not um, tune in for that session, um, how was it growing up for you?
0: Um, I think for me, it, it, it was definitely, uh, it always felt like we were on different pages. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like I said, you, you you really can't blame them. They're They're uprooted. They're in a... F- different area that they're completely unaware of like you know the norms and stuff right and i think as a kid who's developing and making friends and making for me making a lot of like non-asian friends because there weren't many asians Mm -hmm. um it was a definitely a confusing time because i was trying to learn the cultural norms of you know American elementary kid life, middle school life, mm-hmm. but at the same time being kind of shepherded by this, uh, you know, Eastern or Asian um, hand, I guess. Yeah, and I, I found myself uh, just feeling conflicted a lot, um, and this definitely happened at school mostly, where like there were just a. F- deep feeling that ah uh, this sounds really bad but like other kids parents love them <laughs> mm-hmm. You're right like uh i remember some of the kids the parents would like kiss them on the cheek or like you knew someone even kissed them on the mouth you know like and give them big yeah. hugs and said like love you baby and like yeah just all this uh lovey-dovey <laughs> stuff right um bring home gifts for the kids like hey look, look. i remember i was at a at my friend's house while having a play date while his dad came over or sorry came home and mm-hmm. you know did all that stuff and I was like what the heck is this like are these people parents like <laughs> it just didn't really make a lot of sense you know? yeah yeah definitely and yeah so like I don't think I explicitly said it at that point but there's a feeling of like why aren't my parents like this right um and i think most notably i was extremely close to uh my next door neighbor who was a classmate same age uh american white american family and we had play on the streets you know go over to his house all the time i think i mentioned this before but like yeah we would end up going to his house like 90 percent of the time right granted he had video games i didn't he had a basketball thing a backyard um, that was a lot better than mine and all this mm-hmm. stuff right but there came to a point where my neighbor even asked me like hey man like how come we only do things like at my house only at you know like kind of yeah. almost like checking out like what's going on and yeah I didn't have an answer um I, I just in a way I was flustered and try to defend myself but it's <laughs> like only now looking back it's like dude it's just it's a it's a huge cultural difference um yeah. i don't know it, it felt very uh like i said it, it was conflicted especially a time of uh, social development i'd say
1: yeah i think it was i i, I do resonate a bit with that too um mm-hmm. like you know yeah i would always hang out at other people's houses like i don't know whenever like, even people just, like, neighbors and stuff, like, I'd rather be at their place, like, if, yeah. you know, if my friends are living nearby or whatever, but, um, yeah, I don't know, like, I, I think I really wanted to try and fit in with the, like, I guess being not overly Asian, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I think, and, yeah, this was, again, during a time where, like, like, being Asian was, pretty uncool i, I think
0: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. uh, yeah i don't know um so I, I i do resonate a lot with with the idea that like oh yeah you know like you're for us growing up like we we definitely took a lot of things for granted but also at the same time you know we were trying to um you know grow up in a time where Us as kids, as Asians, were Mm -hmm. were not the cool kids on the block, you know, and we had to try and try and not try and like fit in, you know, or whatever. So uh, it was it's hard. It's hard. It was. I think it was like I I know kids have it hard nowadays, but for a different reason. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think we had it hard because it was hard to fit in, right? Like, yeah, no,
0: it's. I mean, man, it's really true. Like, you think about all those. Like 90s TV shows or movies where, you know, they show like the, the high school cliques. And whether it is, you know, to this extreme where it's just this token Asian guy where they, you know, <laughs> kind of literally just a token, you're just there to be Asian, um, mm-hmm. not really in deep relation, maybe even like with the rest of the group. Like, mm-hmm. whether that's true or not, there was, there was an
1: outcast feeling. Right, no yeah. matter what. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and and for me, like, I think it was. I don't. I don't think I had it quite as as stark as of a contrast as you did, just because I did. Grow, I right, was in a right. predominantly more Asian area, um, mm-hmm. but you know, even then, like, I, I think I felt it more when I when I was at a more diverse school, just because. Like, mm. um, but you know, especially in middle school, high school, when it was mostly like just. Uh, mostly Asian kids, I'm like, oh, and like nothing, nothing crazy, you know, it's kind of the usual,
0: yeah, yeah, no makes sense. Um, so I guess for you, uh, throughout you know high school, middle school, what was your relationship with your parents like?
1: Um, I think it's a pretty typical answer for um, people of our age or mm. fellow Asians of our age um, who grew up as first gen um but my parents were um well i think my parents are a little bit different than the average parents because a lot of parents like the mom is the strict one right Mm. um for me my dad was the strict one um but yeah the the same principle applies like they they were super about like me getting like straight a's in school like Mm -hmm. they wanted me to succeed and do well and Um, they wanted me to not play too many video games and all this stuff um Mm. and but yeah um i I think the dynamic like it was pretty like uh like success space like you know like Mm -hmm. get those a's get you know do well in school and all that stuff so it, it felt a little cold um it felt yeah um i think it was just more like i don't know um I didn't really enjoy that as much. Um, But, yeah. um, Yeah, I mean, they they just wanted the best for me, you know, and and what the best they thought was just succeeding in school and doing well uh, and getting to a good college, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Was that the same for you?
0: It it is. Um, And I think on that note, it's like you want to keep believing that is the case, but you know, as someone growing up in this culture, like you wanted the affection that they weren't showing, right? It's mm-hmm. like, it's like, wait, where's that relationship that I'm seeing everybody else have? It's, mm-hmm. again, conflicting, right? Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, very similar for me as well. Um, I'd say throughout middle school and high school, um, not too much of a relationship other than at least for me, purely, like, utilitarian. Um,
1: That's a really good way of put it.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, just kind of not really talking too much. Maybe ask me, like, if there's, like, tests coming up or, like, again, same thing with you, like, stop being on the computer or, you know, like, go practice your math problems. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and it's it's a very not... Talking with but being talked to or talked down to, right? Oh yeah, um, definitely. So I think yeah, like that that was that pretty much sums up like most of my childhood up to like high school, the relationship I, I had with them. Not super involved, but um just kind of guiding me along quietly, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah that that's or well, they're like the um they're like the rule keepers right like the yeah like yeah i was gonna i was gonna say something else but yeah um <laughs> so yeah um it's been a while since we talked about this um you know and, and breaking down like how we grew up um and i realized it, it's we hadn't talked about it since our hometown session which was way back um mm-hmm. one of our first few sessions and you know having more time and more um more focus i guess um allows us to kind of unpack the idea of how how it's changed over the years for us, um, you know. Granted, you know we kind of alluded to it, but like being Asian is not necessarily an uncool thing anymore. Um, so that definitely contributes mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. But also for us, we we grew up a bit more and uh, maybe learned to appreciate um, different things. Uh, yeah. So I mean, have you noticed a like major change of um, of your perception of your parents?
0: oh yeah I'd say so Um, I know a lot of people in general um, especially Asian Americans say after you go to college it's like some spark Mm -hmm. happens and all of a sudden your parents want to talk to you um, and they want to have that relationship and I jokingly say it's because they don't know what they've lost until it's gone or they don't know what they had until it's lost right Mm -hmm. Uh, now that we moved out and um i I think definitely like towards the end of high school while i was getting prepared to go to college it was you know going on college visits and doing a lot of that planning and uh, i mean more heavy life stuff for a 18 year old right it it was kind of where they started wanting to be involved more and my, my dad would be telling me more advice and like you know, walking me through the process of, like, kind of choosing what's best for me, for my mm. major and all this stuff. And and I think it's just like, oh, wow, like, it's while I'm starting to get acclimated into, quote-unquote, life, um, in a way, they're able to relate to me more now, right? Like, you know, with careers and whatnot. So, yeah, I think after going to college, um, it was... You know, going home or a lot less frequently, maybe once or twice a quarter, mm-hmm. um, made those times very special where we would have dinners, like family dinners, and go out and um, being able to talk a lot more. And, you know, through college, it was a very, you know, continuing to build. Uh, the discussions was better, talking about school, talking about, you know, fellowship, church, um, all this stuff, mm-hmm. friends. And then, you know, I'd say after graduation, it was, like, um, kind of even bigger. But um, I think, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but uh, the fact that Eugene and I were dating at the end of college into young adult, like, um, you know, working young adult, mm-hmm. uh, in a way that kind of helped our my relationship with my parents uh one because i think yujin's actually a lot better at chinese than i am and she's kind of got that uh tie i guess to communicate so that was there but more than that it's like the fact that we were pretty serious at that point like it was it relate it it was very relevant for them to be closer right like this could potentially be my future daughter-in-law so we can't just be like all right you know not do anything right so yeah um so i think yeah like it's grown to be more um communicative we're able to talk on the same level on on things Mm -hmm. um obviously there's still asian parents who want to tell you things so my mom often Mm -hmm. definitely does like goes on her rant and spiels and says like you should be doing this and that and i'm just like yes 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 uh-huh. okay got it yeah right so yep. yeah it's definitely changed over the years um how about yourself
1: yeah i i think i agree too um it it changed from utilitarian to like yeah we can actually share more things together and mm-hmm. i think part of it was i was more curious about um you know my parents like like past right like especially my dad like immigrating at such a late, uh much later age. Yeah. Um so you know, and, and that was a huge gateway for for me to like open up some conversation and think right, right. Like just being yeah. Um and I, I know we'll talk about it more um next session, but um yeah, being away for college changes things for sure. Um mm-hmm. so I th- I don't know. Uh for me i think it's interesting right now because it's kind of shifting again where hmm. i'm you know since i'm living with my parents but i'm mm-hmm, separate mm-hmm. from my parents um, i'm i'm like I ha- i'm in a separate like unit um it's it's kind of shifting into another more utilitarian relationship for now hmm. um but i think a lot of it is um because of me uh because i you know and i'm like i'm at in a phase of life where i'm trying to live as an adult and mm-hmm. like part of that is like you know having your space and things and um you know but i'm i i'm super grateful for having a space at my parents house and saving mm-hmm. on a lot of rent and stuff like that but um but yeah it's it's interesting because i think they're trying to learn how to give me space and mm-hmm and we're just trying to adjust to what that looks like, you
0: know. Um but yeah. 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 Um I guess you know you you mentioned like your both your parents like working uh when they came to America, definitely you know your dad like working some uh like you said like more entry level jobs and kind of grinding through it as a as a recent immigrant like mm-hmm. and I don't know if your mom went through similar things but um now that you've kind of gone through college and you know few many years uh, a good handful of years in the work field or workforce um mm-hmm. do you has your perception of your parents changed now like after all these years um i guess quote unquote like you said on your own
1: um yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I definitely respect their grind a lot more, mm-hmm. um, just cause it is like, it's tough, man. Um, yeah. they, yeah. Um, you know, for them trying to f- make it w- was much tougher than even us growing up, um, mm-hmm. going as, against the grain. Right. Um, so I, I definitely have a lot, a much more respect and appreciation for, for my parents. Um, and yeah. And The life that they made um here so yeah yeah
0: yeah and i I know like you know the immigrant story is chronicled a lot in different books and even at this point like tv series and movies and yeah i think what's just so cool about it is like you see that you know there's that dream of like you coming to america with very little with big dreams to you know, bring a brighter future for future generations, right? And mm-hmm. um, obviously, chi- Chinese uh, immigrants have been here for—I want to say—some of my friends are like fourth or fifth generation. So you yeah. de- you can definitely see the fruits of that. I think we have we have a lot of Korean American friends that co- the Korean uh, immigrants uh, uh, a lot more recent than Chinese mm-hmm. and Japanese maybe like two or three generations for most of them and yeah you know i, I think i'm always in encourage is not the right word but like kind of astounded to hear like wow a lot of our friends families like are, are still working in like laundromats and beauty salons and um mm-hmm. those th- kind of like those types of work where it's it's the grind like it's truly a yeah. grind
1: and hey, we don't we don't want to And we don't want to talk down those jobs it's just those were exactly yeah because a lot of times like our our, um our parents like cut came from pretty like good professions like Mm -hmm. you know and like and then you know not not having that experience translate over um they find whatever they can right
0: yeah and it's it's really off like their hard work that you see the fruits of their labor um I I think it was Malcolm Gladwell, um so his book of uh oh shoot, that this the name's escaping me right now, but um basically it kinda talks about this idea of what like success and anomalies and success and he he was using the example of like uh Jewish Americans mm-hmm. where he was tracing like the lineage of a lot of these super successful bankers and Mm. Um, like lawyers and doctors and whatnot and you know it's just kind of crazy like there's almost like an algorithm or pattern of these generations starting off from immigrating to america like they were all doing these jobs and then because of x scenario some opportunity allowed for kind of a huge leap where now they're like because of the hard work of those generations the future generations have just you know really flourished right and mm-hmm. it's just a big picture a, a beautiful picture of like you know the quote-unquote american dream right it's mm-hmm. it's really quite amazing
1: yeah definitely
0: yeah so now we're both i mean kids are kind of in the future right like within <laughs> the next handful of years or so a few years Re- um, relatively <laughs> yeah <laughs> um you know like just a term of potential future parents who are right. you know we're not immigrants really we're we're Americans Asian Americans yeah um what are your thoughts about like how we'll be as parents who are not immigrants anymore but raising now kids who are basically truly Americans um what do you think yeah. will be new with? how you'd want to parent um what are some things you want to keep from the previous generation our parents you know like how how do you think things will
1: be different that is a I i mean i think i feel like in general this we we talk about this right you know like mm-hmm. not just us together but like we talk about how we oh you know in the future how we you know we want things to be like we'll take things from our parents or like we'll be want to be different from our parents or whatever mm-hmm. um I think for me um I do appreciate how like how, I guess how in- involved um I- as far as like supporting me in my ventures like I'm mm. appreciative of how they, they didn't really necessarily stop um me from pursuing anything I wanted to try um, mm. Uh, granted, I think their uh, show of support was variable. Um, you know, they. I think my mom came to a lot of my, like, sports games or, like, shows, whatever. Um, so I do appreciate that they were very, um, like, not restrictive in that sense. Um, yeah, like, I don't think I pursued anything that they were like, oh, like, you can't do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that I, I think I definitely want to keep is like you know being supportive like you know helping fill like fill and fulfill like that utilitarian need you know like if my kid Mm -hmm. needs to be driven like driven around like i want to do it you know for them so Mm -hmm. um but yeah i think something that i want to um to like maybe develop is um just what like i guess the idea of like What, like, love means um, to be beyond just utilitarian love. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we had talked about this in our hometown episode too, but um, you know, like, not just love, but showing like affection, um, Mm -hmm. I think is something that I want to like grow and develop and um, make sure my kids kind of feel and understand that. Mm. Um, Yeah. So I think I think that's the biggest thing that kind of summarizes it is I, I wanted, like, my my kids to know that I not only support them, but I do love and, like, I'm affectionate for them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, for you, like, you're, <laughs> you know, you're married, and I'm sure both sides of parents have been bugging the both <laughs> of you, right? Um, yeah. So I'm sure this, this idea might be a little bit on, more on your mind than it has been mine. Um, yeah. What about you? Like... Especially in light of maybe um, Yichun's parents too, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah it's it's definitely been on my mind more um, lately. Just kind of thinking like, what? And you know that that big old question of like, am I ready to be a dad? And mm. and everybody says no, you're never going to be ready, right? Which is, <laughs> I, I totally agree. It's probably true. But I think there's definitely a lot of contemplation that needs to happen about like what what do i value um what do i want in a family right um Mm -hmm. and what are actual goals to get there and you know to to i guess for the the question itself like of what i would change and what would be new and what i would keep i think I, i totally agree in terms of the utilitarian like to be there um always yeah uh physically and financially and all that stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm there for you. And that is a sign of love. Um yeah. but I think probably um I, I don't know, we, we can do this another day, but like my love language <laughs> oh, is yes. uh words of affirmation. And oh, maybe okay. that's my love language because I didn't get it a lot <laughs> as a kid. Right? Yeah, um, yeah. And I think communication would probably be the type of uh, family I would really want where there's just a feeling of openness where you know we can talk to each other about issues uh, mm-hmm. both good and bad right um, and I want to be able to empower my kids through words obviously through other means like financial right, right and time but definitely words of like um, I believe in you like you said just the yeah. support of, um, being there and pushing you, um, to, to do what they love yeah, and, um, yeah. Um, being, uh, able to enjoy, uh, pop culture together, you know, like yeah. something my, my parents didn't really do. I, I don't know if yours did much, uh, Definitely watching not. movies, like, popular movies together and stuff <laughs> it would be kind of fun but i'm yeah. sure we're gonna be like kids these days right as old mm-hmm. grumpy uh <laughs> dads oh, but right. i think you know I, I i tell this to people a lot actually that i'm very excited to see what the next wave of like asian american families will become right oh yeah it's um i mean we're, we're gonna be trailblazing it you know like yeah there's in a way nobody of course there's other generations but you know in this time and age um we're we're shaping the culture um of the next quote-unquote asian-american dynasty <laughs> that's yeah. a t- very asian <laughs> word but <Yeah. laughs> um but i think it's it's very exciting for me um so it's it's a. Uh,
1: it's a fun, fun thing to talk about for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, the, you you cover a lot of really good things. I'm like, oh yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Like, you know. Mm.
0: Um,
1: so, but again, I, I think, like, for me, kids is a little further out of my mm. Like, mm. just practical thinking window. Just because, like, I'm, you know, my parents are like, just get married first. You know, like, <laughs> like oh okay so yeah yeah, um, yeah
0: it's a it's a good topic i like it a lot
1: but yeah i mean it'll you know it, it'll sneak right like nicely right into our our next session on covering the gap of like college right like yeah we, you know we we mentioned that we mentioned it a few times this session but the idea that a, a huge shift happens when when we get to college and yeah it's it's true, you know, like it happens for a reason, um and we'll we'll dive into it more.
0: yeah, yep, so um you know, we are Asian American Asians. Uh, I thought the wreck of the week could be something <laughs> kind of Asian, um mm-hmm. basically, an Asian delicacy, uh maybe something that not too many non Asians enjoy as much. Unless they have uh, a very man? specific palate and want to try <laughs> okay. things, but yeah, just something that uh, is an Asian delicacy. Um, do
1: you have one, Jesse? Um, I was thinking of something else, but since you mentioned, like, oh, something that non like non Asians might not enjoy, mm. like, I had to rethink that. Um, okay. So i th- I will say. It's um, it's a dish that my parents actually, or my dad actually makes still. Um, mm. I'll say it in Mandarin because that's what I know it as. It's a mentsai kozo, uh, men ko hmm. which is um, I think it's like uh, I don't know what mentsai is, but it's like it's some specific plant um, that is used for this dish, and then. It's also um, made with a lot of black beans, so uh, huh. so not not the, not the like the um, black beans that you eat with like Chipotle or anything like that, but like mm-hmm. the tiny, like salty black beans, um, the ones that mm-hmm. you find in like the, the cans or like fish and stuff like that. So it's made with a lot of that and it's super, super like um, delicious, super delectable um, and yeah, I mean it's it's essentially like pork belly too, um, mm. which you know pork belly is amazing. So yeah, um, yeah. I was thinking about that just because I actually had it fairly recently. Uh, my dad cooked it up pretty recently. I'm like, oh yes, this good stuff right here. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, a lot. Honestly, it's a pretty. Co- I, I don't know how common it is amongst um, restaurants. Um, I mm-hmm. think it's fairly common though. I mean, it's one of those things that like. Especially like for my parents, it's like, or for my dad, like it's, you know, why why order it when I can make it, you know? So
0: it's very true.
1: Yeah. What about you? What's uh, what's your Asian delicacy?
0: Mine is uh is very Chinese Taiwanese. It's uh pig ears. Oh, uh, dude, are you a fan of pig ears?
1: Uh, honestly, not really. Okay. <laughs> I, I think it's more of a texture thing
0: yeah yeah no i i love tendon i love like just like those like uh
1: i don't even know how to describe the texture yeah Yeah,
0: um but yeah man my my love for pig ears developed like when i was a really small kid uh Mm. like the way they cook it with that slightly spicy sauce um chili sauce and then dude just that bone crunch oh man so good like i love the texture that's that's half of it for me and then the other half is yeah. just the taste is so good yeah. um but yeah I, I think it's really funny i remember bringing uh, a couple of non-chinese friends to a uh, taiwanese restaurant and i'm like hey i'm gonna order this i ordered it in chinese so they don't know what it is and like we brought yeah. it out and i'm like hey you know you should try this and he's like eating it and he's like hey huh it's kind of weird is but it- it's not like flavor's okay yeah. And then I'm like, yeah, because it's actually uh, pig ears, and he's like, he's like, what? Oh man, I don't know if I can. Eat. I can. I don't know if I can eat any more of that. Um yeah. Even though he said it was like decent, I'm just like, dude. Yeah. You, you said it was good. It. <laughs> like, yeah. All of a sudden, now you don't want it. <laughs> I know, but,
1: right?
0: Yeah. It's. I mean, aside from the fact that it's pig ears, it's. I mean, I. I always get it as a side dish, at Chinese Taiwanese restaurants. I. I, I just
1: love it. Yeah, I, I think. Um, the reason I think it was uh, harder for me to pick something um, I realize, is because like a lot more people are tr- starting to become more adventurous with Asian food um, and again yeah Asian yeah. food is not necessarily uncool right like mm. like they're not necessarily delicacies at least in our area anymore mm-hmm, yeah because um, people are actually trying and well and also there's like a lot of good popularized like places for non-Asians right yeah yeah so yeah um but yeah uh, maybe some of our listeners who are either familiar with it or not um, can try some of these and maybe one day i'll, I'll try some more pig ears but uh, <laughs> like i said i think i think it's a i think it's a texture thing um because even tendon like that's not something i'm a fan of like mm, so yeah i we'll see we'll see but anyways um yeah, guys, thank you. Well, I guess guys and girls, um, thank you for listening to us. Thank you for tuning in with us uh, this session. And um, again, we want to uh, it, shout out like Tavor for providing um, our drinks and, yeah. uh, in a sense of you know, we're ordering from them. So they're they're not providing for us. We just they they're an awesome service. And yeah, you guys you guys should check it out. Um, our promo code is still running, by the way. Um, so if you haven't. Um, If you haven't joined up on Tavor, uh, this is still a great time to Our promo code is just jive Um, yeah, just jive and uh, Make sure you enter it as soon as you download the app Um, and you'll get uh, If you spend 25 bucks on your first order, you'll get 10 bucks towards your second one. So um, join us in our beer adventure, but yeah um, and you know we we have a giveaway now going for a couple weeks and and you know, I, I normally shout out our our social media, but we already did because you're gonna join us for our giveaway, and yep. uh, and we are looking forward to the questions that we're getting. Um, I'm pretty excited, um, just because I, I, I want to know what our listeners want to hear from us. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm wondering if it'll be like a lot of personal questions or like or topical questions. I don't know. Um, we'll see.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm certainly excited for that and. Seeing who the heck is going to win that $50 gift card, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be a good one. Um, all right, listeners, thanks again, as always, for joining us this week on this uh, part one of three um, on this uh, journey. Hope you guys just really enjoy it and uh, can take something good out of it. So, as always, listeners, we'll see you next time.
1: See ya.